are we there yet? I'm sure as I say those words, parents, you're hearing that in your child's whiny voice from your long road trips, your memories of long road trips. Are we there yet? And we get impatient with our children for asking that question because they usually don't just ask it once, they ask it many times, depending on the length of the road trip. But why do they ask that? It's because children really don't have a good perception of time or distance. And so even if you tell them, well, it's one more hour, for young children, that doesn't really mean anything to them. If you tell them, well, we've just got 150 kilometers to go, that doesn't mean anything to them. Even if you say, we're going to grandma's house, that doesn't mean anything to them in terms of the journey to get there. They know what grandma's house looks like and what they get to do at grandma's house, but in terms of how they get there, it's not something that they comprehend or understand. All they have is right now. Right now, I'm not at grandma's house, and this isn't fun. Grandma's house is fun. And in some ways, as we continue to follow the journey of the wise men, that was the reality of the wise men. Right? They see the stars, they see the message of the stars, they decide to set out, but now they're on the journey. And they're on the journey following a star. And because they're following a star, it's not like they pulled out Google Maps and it tells them, I've got 300 kilometers to Jesus. It's not like it was a neon sign saying, Bethlehem here. It was a star. And so it was much more like trying to chase the pot of a gold at the end of a rainbow. They didn't know where it was leading them. They didn't know how long they were going to be on this journey. All they could do was just continue to follow the star. And if that is the reality of the journey, then what do you need to do it? Because even though they set out on the journey, the wise men at any point could have turned back and went home. That's ah, too far. Ah, I can't figure out where we're going, so better go back to the safety of home. What do you need to keep moving forward when you don't necessarily know the destination or how far away the destination is? It's all of our favorite virtue, patience. And patience. But I find too often people equate, make equal, patience to tolerance. They're not the same thing. Tolerance is allowing something to happen without reacting. Tolerance is not a virtue. Tolerance is just letting people say what they want to say or do what they want to do without emotionally reacting to what's happening. That's fine in some circumstances, but that's not the virtue. The virtue is patience. Because tolerance is really just passive. I'm just choosing not to do anything. But a virtue is always active. And so patience has to be an active thing. And so what is the Christian virtue of patience? The Christian virtue of patience is to choose to love in that situation, to love that person again and again and again and again, regardless of the circumstances. That's patience. Making the choice for love in the moment regardless of the circumstances that you find yourself in. 
And what we do when we live patience in that way is we acknowledge the outcome is not in my control. Because where does impatience come from? Are we there yet? Am I at the destination yet? Has this person changed their behavior yet? Have they changed their mind yet from a wrong way of thinking? They haven't, so I'm impatient. But patience is making the choice, even when they're wrong, to love them again and again and again. That's patience. There's one of my favorite poems is by St. John Henry Newman, a Catholic convert in England in the late 19th century. It's called Lead Kindly Light, and this is just the first stanza of that poem. He says, Lead kindly light amidst the encircling gloom. Lead thou me on. The night is dark and I am far from home. Lead thou me on. Keep thou my feet. I do not ask to see the distant scene. One step enough for me. It's the idea that in faith, God doesn't give us the revelation of the whole distant scene. He doesn't tell us absolutely everything about what's coming and how that's going to happen because to know that would be to be God. But what the light of faith gives us is enough to take the next step, to take one step forward, to love in that present moment. Or another line that I like from one of my favorite books, it says, perfection lies in fullness of journey. Perfection lies in fullness of journey. What I like about that is that what we usually think about perfection is kind of this idea, this image, this model of everything put together. And so we're trying to get from imperfection to perfection. What I like about that line, perfection lies in fullness of journey, it's the acknowledgement that how you get there is as important, if not more important, than the goal itself. The journey and how we move and how we get there is part of the way things are perfected. And what's tied up in that is the awareness that God is present, grace is present, in the struggle, in the imperfection. Because sometimes I think as Catholics, we think when I sin, I'm away from God. When I'm in grace, I'm with God. And there's not really any idea of anything in between. And so I'm constantly jumping from being away from God to with God, away from God to with God. We're on a journey. We're moving towards God. We're letting him draw us to him. And he is with us on that journey. Perfection is happening through that patience of not needing to be at the outcome, but being with God on the way. Acknowledging that the outcome is not in our control. I think that's part of what St. John the Baptist is getting at in the gospel today. Right? I hope when you heard his answers, you kind of went, really? So these people are coming to him to be baptized. They're desiring to repent and convert their life. And so they ask him, what should we do? If we're going to repent, what is our life supposed to look like moving forward? What do I need to accomplish? And so for the first group of people, he says, if you've got two coats and somebody beside you has none, 
give them one of your coats. If you have lots of food and somebody has no food, just give them some of your food. And then you have the soldiers. What do the soldiers do? Well, just don't extort money from people. Okay. Tax collectors, what are we supposed to do? Well, just don't take more money than you're supposed to take. Just take the taxes that you're prescribed to take. Don't take extra for your own pocket. Nothing special. Nothing huge. Just love the people that are in front of you when you're called to love them. Don't get preoccupied of what's going to come in the future. Don't get preoccupied with what's happened in the past. Just love regardless of the circumstances right in that moment. I don't know about all of you, but one of the hardest lessons I'm finding in adulthood is learning how to do the same things over and over again with the same vigor and the same desire. And it's usually really silly things like cooking good meals, doing laundry, doing the dishes, doing those day after day after day with the same amount of vigor and the same amount of desire to do those tasks well, to me is one of the most difficult things about being an adult. Because as a kid, it's always about new things. You jump from one thing to the next. But as an adult, you have to learn how to be patient in doing the same things day in and day out because the journey is where perfection is found. So if that's true, do we approach our prayer life in the same way? Am I willing day after day to go back to prayer, even if I'm not getting the outcome that I desire when I go to pray, but I go to pray every day with the same desire and the same vigor because the journey is worth it. The patience required to do that again and again, to love God in that moment, even if I'm not getting the response that I feel I deserve, is worth the journey. If I don't know the outcome, if I don't know the destination, if I don't know how long it's going to take to get there, am I still willing to walk through it? So, in the Christian life, there's often, what I hear often in people and myself, with prayer, it's never enough. And you're right, it isn't. But are we just frustrated and we give up because we don't feel like we do enough? Or do we persevere and grow closer to God day by day? Or maybe it's just the struggle to grow in virtue. That one thing that it feels like you've been wrestling with for decades. Will this ever go away? Maybe not. But does it matter? If day after day you get up and you strive again to grow in virtue in that particular area of your life, of bringing that to God and asking for the help of grace, to today just take one more step closer to God. Or maybe it's healing from some difficulty of the past, some broken relationship, some hurt that you've gone through. Is it, I need to get out of this now? I need to move on? I shouldn't feel this way anymore? It's been a long time, I should just move on? Or it's, this is where I am. 
What do I need to do to take one more step? Where's one more step? God, give me enough light to take one more step, to get out of bed today, to do this one good deed, to be with people when I'd rather be alone. What's one step enough for me? Because the wise men, they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know how long it was going to take them. But they didn't worry about what they left behind. They didn't worry about what was coming. They just simply, in patience, kept traveling and following the star. And the one last thing that I'll leave you with to figure out on your own is remember that the wise men were three. They did not do the journey alone. And neither do we. <laughs>